Welcome to AC23, the podcast and radio show for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Dion Guillory. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. If you missed any of our previous episodes or you just want to go back in deep, 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 deep in the vault to listen to past interviews, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is just click subscribe, and that way you'll always be in the know about everything arts in the Capital Region. And hey, while you're there, feel generous. Give us five stars. Five stars is nice. So go ahead and give them to us. Anyway, uh, we have a lot happening with the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. So here's a rundown of some of the things. So first thing we want to do is we have a call out right now to youth artists for Artflow Junior. So Artflow Junior, if you don't know, is a juried art competition celebrating the creative voices of today's young Louisiana artists during the Ebb and Flow Festival season. This year's theme, which is rooted in Ebb and Flow Festival's ties to the Mississippi River and the Delta region. So the theme is Art Making Waves. Selected works will be displayed from September 1st through the 30th at the River Center Branch Library. So for more information on this, you can log on to our website, artsbr.org. And just remember the deadline to apply is July 31st. Something else you want to think about right now, keep in the back of your mind, is the Louisiana Project Grant application period will be open soon. The state-funded grant program, which is formerly known as DAF, which stands for Decentralized Arts Funding, has been revamped and is now called LPG, which stands for Louisiana Project Grants. These grants are available to nonprofit organizations within the Arts Council's 11 parish region. And if you're wondering, what are those parishes? I'm going to name them for you. Point Capee. Iberville, West Feliciana, East Feliciana, West Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge, Ascension, Livingston, St. Helena, Tangipahoa, and Washington parishes. And if you're listening and you're saying, hey, I want to apply, but I'm not in one of those parishes, well, you're still in luck because you can still apply, but through the Regional Arts Council representing your parish. Visit artsbr.org grants to get more information about the changes from DAF to LPG and to stay tuned for details about the grants deadlines and application training sessions. Now, if you have a second, grab a pen, or if you have your cell phone, go into your notes section because I'm going to give you some information to jot down. Potential applicants can contact Leah Russell. Her number is 225-344-8558, extension 227. That number one more time is 225-344-8558, extension 227, or you can email her at lrussell, L-R-U-S-S-E-L-L, at artsbr.org. The 2021 Louisiana Arts Summit is coming up September 20th and 21st at the brand new Carrie Siraj Community Arts Center. This two-day hybrid event offers artists, arts organizations, educators, and community members opportunities for discussion, networking, and professional development. Our keynote speaker, is Dr. Amir Whitaker. He is an educator, author, civil rights lawyer, and musician. He is the founder and director of Project Knucklehead, which is a nonprofit organization empowering youth through music, art, and educational programs since 2013. Early bird tickets are on sale now, and you can find those details by going to our website, artsbr.org. Also, mark your calendar, set a reminder in your phone, ask Siri or Alexa to do it for you. That's what they're there for. All you... All of you want to celebrate with us on September 30th. Impact is back to mark the grand opening of the Capital Region's most unique community art space, the Carrie Siraj Community Arts Center. Join us for an exciting evening filled with lights, light bites, spirits, and arts entertainment. 
This is happening Thursday, September 30th from 7 to 10 at the brand new Carrie Sarage Community Arts Center at 233 St. Ferdinand Street in downtown Baton Rouge. Tickets are on sale now. You can get those details on our website, artsbr.org. Now, an event happening now is Writing in Color, a creative workshop for ages 55 plus. Joining me now to talk about that and his journey in the world of art is Miles Boone. Miles, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dion, thanks for having me. All right, let's start with how you got your start because uh, your journey uh, so far is very interesting. Uh, I'm going to coin you the music man, if you don't mind, because uh, (laughs) you have your bachelor's of fine arts in jazz and contemporary music. Tell everybody listening all the instruments that you play. Oh, man. Well, um, my degree is in guitar, so I... My primary instrument is guitar. I I teach piano, bass, drums, ukulele to kids in the um, New Orleans Parish and surrounding area, and um, also a little bit in Baton Rouge, too. Um, I play the vibraphone um, and a few other uh, pitched percussion instruments. Um, I have a harmonica. <laughs> I am trying to teach myself the trumpet. Oh, so self-taught at this point with with the trumpet, but it's 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 a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's really just um, in my free time. <laughs> I was gifted a trumpet, um, you know, pretty um, casually, and I just I don't know I I didn't want to throw it away, and now I live in a in a horn town, you know, like right. um, so there's so I you know I really feel like just to be a part of the culture a little bit. I've I've been trying to you know, teach myself and get as much information as I can off of um, YouTube and <laughs> um, just, you know, my other musician friends yeah. as best I can. Yeah, definitely. And and the great thing about this, and it, I like to say it for you, if you don't already say this, is that music and art is in your blood because you come from a very artistic home. How was growing up around art? Um, you know... It was interesting. Uh, my mother is um, a painter and sculptor and soap maker, educator. Um, she she wore many hats throughout my childhood, and I used to despise like the trips that we would have to go on to her galleries and her events <laughs> because you know I <laughs> I would have to like carry all her things into her car and. You know, we would run her at, you know, I guess at craft festivals and things, you know, my sister or I would run um, her cash register while she talked to clients. Um, the the big thing was through my middle school years, we as a family did Civil War reenactments. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. And again, this is where the soap making comes in. She had a soap business when we were all kids called Hyssop um, and she was selling a lot of her products in stores. There was a long time where she had her product product in Whole Foods and a lot of other all-natural stores. But another way that she would um, really, you know, made her money with the soap was selling it and making it on an open fire at Civil War reenactments. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because we are, you know, a black family, you know, middle, black middle class American family. And, you know, in in the Civil War, there were um, only slaves, newly freed slaves, or 
Um, you know, there were a lot of black Indians, so we would, to be period at the event, we would have to, um, you know, be, we were usually always newly freed, but there were times where the reenactment that we were um, a part of hadn't, you know, the time that we were trying to, um, you know, be part of had was was before the Civil War, so it was it was really interesting, and um, we were also homeschooled, so this was like my American history mm. class um, through middle school, so it was a really interesting experience um, to be an artist in a, in this family of artists. My um, and it's funny too that you know my mom's a visual artist, and my I'm a musician by trade. My sister's an operatic soprano; she just graduated from Indiana University this summer, and Congrats my brother her. is. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, she's proud. We're all proud of her too. But um, yeah, my brother is um, more of a multidisciplinary artist. He does a lot of different things. He's really interested in printmaking and woodworking. But he also, you know, makes music too. He's he had this phase when he was in high school where he was, you know, really committed to being a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, he was making his own beats, and through that, learned to play the drums. You know, so it's funny to me that. My mom is a painter and a sculptor, and we all became musicians. Mm-hmm. Now, does your brother have bars? Can he? Can he? Can he spit? He actually does. He just, you know, he doesn't. I think he. I think he thinks he's too cool now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, you know, he's growing up too. He's a he's a sophomore in college. I think that was that might have just been a phase, but mm-hmm. he did have bars, and people were really into his music for a while. It was kind of it was kind of funny because um, he's really he's. He's like six four, and he's this really soft-spoken kid. He's a gentle giant, and then you hear his music, and it's really like aggressive, and he's like using his voice um, in a really bassy way that he never speaks in. So it's just it's funny. It's, it's his outlet. Um, you're yeah. <laughs> so you're from Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh and, yes, excuse me. Yeah, and you moved to New Orleans to continue your education, and then things changed. Because of, you know, a little thing called the pandemic, um, you know, it, it's affected us all. How, how did it force you to pivot your plans? Oh, my goodness. Um, in almost every way imaginable, um, COVID was really big on my family and me as an individual. Um, so, yeah, I, I, my, uh, my plan was actually to enroll um, in graduate studies at the University of New Orleans, I was taking creative writing classes. Um, when I moved here, and, I, um, and my plan was to move to New Orleans. I didn't. I wasn't able to right away. Uh, I moved to Baton Rouge because all of my classes at UNO were online um, because the entire university had gone to virtual learning. And um, so, yeah, I, I got to stay with my dad for about eight months and. You know, we got closer. Um, he hasn't. He didn't. My mom split up a while ago, so he he's lived in Baton Rouge for a little while. And my mom still lives in North Carolina, but um, it was it was it was an experience. I never thought that I would ever even set foot in Baton Rouge. You know, I'd consider North Carolina to be the South, even though a lot of people in Louisiana don't. Um, and I had always said to myself, you know, I, when I graduate college, I want to move out of the South. I want to move out of the South. And then I came to New Orleans and. I had never felt like I was, you know, I, I felt at home, you know, and but then I got a job teaching in Baton Rouge and I, I decided I was going to stay. I, you know, it was, it was one of those things um, where you say, you know, I'm going to be here for a few weeks mm-hmm. or I'm going to be here for a month or two months and it turned into eight. So um, <laughs> I really, 
I fell in love with the students that I have um, at the Center for the Arts in New Roads, Louisiana, and I didn't want to, you know, leave them um, in the middle of the academic school year, and um, that was why I stayed so long. I just I couldn't leave my students. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a everything happens for a reason. I always like to say that, and so that was, you know, that was your reason for for moving to our beautiful state, Louisiana. Um, Right now, uh, something else that um, you've kind of pivoted into is uh, poetry, and you're working on your first book of poetry. How is that going? <laughs> um, it's strange um, to you know to try new endeavors. Um, you know, anytime you do something that's new or sort of new, um, you know, you sometimes don't know where to begin, and that was the issue for me was just not knowing where to begin. So I just, I just started writing and, um, I love animals. Um, one of the things that I noticed, uh, as soon as I got here, uh, was just all the wildlife. And when I say wildlife, I guess I mean things like seeing deer on the highway and seeing <laughs> alligators on the highway. Like, what is that about Louisiana? Well, you can <laughs> see deer on the highway in North Carolina, maybe not Charlotte. So per se, but in some parts of North Carolina, but I, I get what you're and, saying. And again, it's not, it's not like there, there's definitely wildlife. I think it's just the, the, the different species. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, I graduated from the university of North Carolina at Asheville, which is a mountain city. So there's, you, know, you have to deal with bears breaking into your cars and getting into your trash raccoons and things like that. But to just see like the geckos and right. the size of the insects and like the, you know, it's just the things that, um, or like the food too. I think like, I, you know, like there's, you know, like eating catfish or eating alligator. Like I, it's not that, you know, people in other States like wouldn't eat those things. It's just that like, there's more access to them here. And I, I think about that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that kind of brain that gets fixated on like the little things or like, you know, the, tr- the, the trees that are here and, um, when we had that big snowstorm in February, you know, I was so fixated on the pine trees that were here because they were falling down. Mm-hmm. And in Asheville, where it snows every year, in Charlotte, where it snows every year, you know, the pine trees are just fine. So I was, I was so enamored by that. Like this tree fell outside of my dad's house, and I, I, I was, I couldn't believe it because I just never thought that a pine tree would you know, it just collapsed the way it did because it was cold. It was frozen. You right. know, that was amazing to me. Right. And you mentioned um, alligator. Um, once festivals really <laughs> come back, we have to get you uh, some alligator on a stick. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> you is is nothing like anything you've had before. But I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So I mean. I'm, I really, I'm into alligator. Um, there's a few things I have yet to try, um, like boudin. I've, I still haven't had boudin. Am I saying that right even? Um, close. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you some boudin. Um, okay. We, we, there's, some, there's some particular specific places you have to go in order to get, like, the, the real deal. So, yeah, yeah I'll, we'll, we'll help lead you in the right direction to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you get a real, real taste, a real uh, flavor of of South Louisiana there. 
love to eat. Love to eat. Well, you're in the right place. You you move to the right state <laughs> if you love to eat. Um, and then you know that's how um, w- people in Louisiana show um, our love. You know, we, we mm. do it through through food, which has kind of been mm. what's been the uh, I guess for a lot of people the most difficult thing about the pandemic um, is not being able to share it with everybody as much as you know mm. we were used to before, um, but. We're coming out of that, and so um, yeah, we'll Miles will get you some 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 really good native South Louisiana food uh, for you to try. Um, so I mentioned earlier about writing in color, a creative workshop for ages fifty five plus, and you are the instructor for which. Interesting enough, you actually just finished <laughs> one of the classes. Uh, tell everyone listening um, what the class is and. Um, you know the, the 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 goal for it. Um, well, in the simplest terms, this is a, a poetry workshop. Um, you know, we're just reading, we're writing, and analyzing poetry. Um, and the goal of this workshop is not to have participants write. You know, their first novel is not to have them win a Pulitzer. It's really just about being able to um, draw from everyday life experiences and express oneself, express whatever feelings you've got going on. Um, you know, just you just said it, you know, uh, the pandemic has made it really hard for people to connect with one another. And I think the group of seniors that I have, they're amazing. Um, they're all we have a really um, diverse group, and um, there are people who are artists, but there are people who are, you know, computer programmers, you know, teachers, parents, grandparents, and it's, I don't know, the discussions we're already having are amazing just because these people have lived such full lives, and I guess the goal of this workshop is to extract those experiences, to put them down on paper, and to make beautiful art, mm-hmm. you know? Um and to you know, just it's the self-expression and the creativity. And I'm a, I'm a really holistic teacher, I guess you could say. And I, I don't know, I don't care about, you know, um, as much about my students and the people who are taking part in my workshops, you know, having all the technical aspects of poetry or music down. I really want them to be able to express themselves and, you know, dive deep inside themselves and draw from their emotions, their experiences, their, you know, their all, anything that's inside them and bring it out and uh, share it with the world. Um, anytime I can help someone share something with others, I feel like I have, I've fulfilled my duty as an educator and as an artisan. Yeah. And that's a, that's, you know, part of being an artist is that, you know, sharing that and getting others to tap into whatever um, skill they have as an artist themselves that they may not know um, being able to tap into that and express themselves what whatever their background is or you know what are their whatever their experiences are you know you are helping them tap into that mm-hmm. um, if I mean you know I, I do my best it's like I like I said it's it's a joy to be able to help others you know tap into any artistic or intellectual or psychic ability that they have um, yeah. Yeah. Um are you are are you 
privy or are able to share maybe like one of the experiences that you guys have talked about? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, there's uh, a young lady in my course named BJ. Um, and she sat in the front row. <laughs> she, uh, she wear, she, on the first day, she wore this cute little hat that actually said BJ on the front of it. Um, but she, I think she was real nervous um, at first. Our, the first day of class, we did an assignment, which I do with, you know, a lot of beginning, you know, writing students. It's just called object writing. We're, you know, we're taking out an object. Maybe you bring it. Maybe it's just in the room. And, and we're gonna. We took five minutes to just write about it, um, free association, just whatever you can think of. Get that down on paper. And she was so nervous about that, and I think it kind of overwhelmed her because she, she didn't know where to start. And um. So I, I stayed with her after class for a little bit, and we just talked and talked. And I, so um, today in our virtual course, because on you know it's a hybrid course, one day is in person, one day is virtual. Um, today in our virtual course, she shared, and um, we did another assignment, and you know she was so confident, and I could just I could see that like a fire had been lit inside of her, and mm-hmm. you know she, I could tell she had been thinking about the class ever since the end of the last class, you know. And, um, she just had a lot to say. She was very shy and, you know, uh, reserved in the first course. And you know, she's already, you know, um, I think she's really going to get a lot of the course. She said she had never done anything like this before also. Uh, so she had a lot of preconceived notions about what poetry is and what a poet is and what good poetry is. And those are the things I'm trying to to break down, those um, those assumptions. And I, I think... You know, it's I can already see inside of her that there's there's some wheels turning, and I that's I love that. That makes me that's all I need. Um, that, that satisfies me. Yeah, and yeah, you got her wheels turning. I'm sure you've got um, the wheels of um, the other um, students in that class uh, rolling. It's incredible, and um, kudos to you for doing that. Um, and you know, introducing people to to poetry. So. Miles Boone, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm living my dream right now, <laughs> like <laughs> just making art and being able to support myself and teaching. Like, these are all the things that I've wanted ever since I was a kid. So, you know, thank you that you're helping me, you know, live my life. All I right. appreciate it. I love it. Love it. Living the dream. All right. Thank you for listening to AC23. I'm your host, Dion Guillory. Until next time.